is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The Toronto Maple Leafs are pushed to the brink of elimination in the Eastern Conference semifinal against the Florida Panthers. Sam Reinhart scores the overtime winner. And if you believe in misery loves company, sit back for the next two hours. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, David Sisboomba, and yes, Sammy McKee. Try to figure this all out. Yeah. In under two hours. I, I don't think it can be done, JB. The people who are here with us today... I love you the very most. You are, you are my favorite <laughs> listeners to our program because this is some seriously messed up. <laughs> just use my language, oh, sorry, to, to, to come in here the day after that and want to be subjected to talk about that. That was a mess. Much like my language. I apologize. We've got uh, Craig Simpson's going to join us in about 50 minutes. He was there. He saw it live. Be great to get uh, his his thoughts in the second hour. Brian Lawton, former NHL player, agent, general manager, he's done it all. He's going to be on board as well. And listen, there's many different ways that we can go about this. Maybe one of the worst things for the Leafs right now is the extra day off mm-hmm. as they don't play again game four until Wednesday. In all probability, that will give every media outlet a chance to go an extra day on the big picture here. And I'm sure we're going to do that at some point today. I don't necessarily think it's, I don't want to focus on as if the, the body's already buried. Not yet. No, I I don't, I don't want to dismiss why they're down three, nothing. We can get certainly into what we saw on the weekend moving forward, and yes, how it can kind of snowball into maybe a few what-ifs. But we, we know we know the media is just going to pick at the carcass. Yeah. Already? Yeah. I, I'm not sure I want to do that. I don't know how you feel. Well, it's really hard. It's really hard because the thing that has made the previous seasons die, the things that have ended their seasons are so visible and here again that it's not it's hard not to connect the dots to the big picture. Um I'm with you. This it's not over and that's not to say Kip and I are saying that we think they're going to come no. back and win. No, 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 no. No, you're absolutely right on that. But and we'll welcome in Sammy McKee because I couldn't even I walked in the room today uh and all I could see is him shaking his head. I, I didn't even want to say a word to him probably until we went on air. Uh, we're going to get his thoughts in momentarily here for sure. But I don't know how you want to go about this, Sammy. Are, are you ready to just give it to them uh, right now? Because there's a part of me that says to to JB's point is that I don't believe that they can come back in this series based on what I've seen them play are you tough enough to play this game? But is there a chance that they could at least save some face by bringing a game five home? I don't think anyone and, cares. And maybe if a, they do. Now that's delaying the inevitable, fellas. Okay. All right. Where I, are you at, McKee? I'm, I'm in a bad place. <laughs> I'm in a bad, bad place, boys. Yeah. I, yeah, it's 
tough pill to swallow. Like yeah. the way that last night went. You know, if they go down fighting, it's a really, you know, highly competitive game where their stars are brilliant and you lose the game. You can you can sleep at night. But with the way that they all those guys looked in what basically was a game seven, right? Like if you look at the what the stakes of that game, you lose that game, <laughs> four teams in the history of the league have come back from down three nothing. It's basically a do or die game. And the stars acted like it was a do or die game over this era. It's just I am sick for my Leaf fan brethren that I I've been on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and just the beating that me and my Leaf fans are taking today is it's the, like you know people they're dancing on graves already like you said it's not over we can do that charade if you want it's not over sure but it just sucks and this Leaf fan base have been through so much and they're just taking another one yeah another beating I got I got stopped at Costco today fellas I know big star here <laughs> and guys like hey Sammy love real Kipper and born love Leafs talk. He says, I've been a, the staunch defender of Dubas and the core four, and I love these guys. And he's like, I, I won't watch game four. I don't know if I'll watch another game if they're back here next year. People are pissed off. Yes. The messages I'm getting, everything. It's a fever pitch. It's worse than I've ever seen it. I agree with that. I haven't. I, it's So everything that you were feeling eight days ago has just, just completely been flushed down the toilet. Evaporated. I, like, I can't believe. It's a week. A week ago today, we were doing they won the first series in 20 years show. It was one week ago today. <laughs> and the Leafs are in a 3-0 hole to a team that they shouldn't be in a 3-0. I can't help but wonder about the what-ifs of the mentality between playing the Florida Panthers and playing the Boston Bruins. And that's what I keep thinking about. The if, underdog if, versus... If they would have been down 3 nothing against Boston, it's almost as if jobs could have been saved knowing right. that uh, you lost... Well, they're the best team you, in you the lost, world. You lost to the best team Not the uh, on, in the history of the NHL regular season. But it's a relevant detail, right? You got the clear path, the clear path, the easier path uh, in theory. And, you know... Typical to this team that when it looks like it can or should be easy, it's, you know, it's the David Harris thing all over again. Don't, don't you, like, I, you know, we can walk down that hypothetical path, but it's hard to not draw the parallel and this being a microcosm of this entire era of Leafs hockey where okay, if listen, it's supposed to be easy, I, I it have, is easy. I have no problem having that conversation, but I, I, I really want to now just get into your eyes and what you saw mm -hmm. Sunday and where did we go from Thursday to Sunday and what were you expecting and what didn't you get and give me some give me some nuts and bolts on on Sunday's loss well there was just zero offense compared to that Thursday that Thursday game was a track meet I thought that uh, Toronto made the adjustment in game three there to deal with Florida's D pinching down the walls, right? They stretched everything, banked it off the glass, stretch passes, led to odd man rushes early. Um, but it looked really disconnected offensively. No one to the inside. No hockey played inside the middle house area at all. Everything perimeter. And because of that, no second chances, no screens, no offense. You know, no 
you know, just a, just a weak offensive effort. And we're now five games in a row where this team has scored two goals. Um, and the offense has just dried up. So to me, that's it. A, a decent first 10 minutes. And when you get a goal from Lafferty on a, on a great feed by camp and there wasn't a party of feeling good about the start and the Definitely. one, nothing lead. And yeah, for and, sure. And, 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 and no, and no follow up, no follow up at all. Like even, you know, Matthews rings went off the crossbar 12 seconds into the game. Um, you know, highlight of the game offensively for that line uh, who was filled in, absolutely filled in. Um, I think Marner was on the ice for 18 chances against and 4-4 for his line. Uh, Matthew's just a little bit better. Like, they just got crushed. So, yeah, tough to feel good about it. All right, we're going to get to Sheldon Keefe. We got a good half a dozen comments from him. Uh, what is the biggest thing right now for you with the shutdown of the core four? I Mitch Marner's offensive performance, just a, you know, since game two, you know, hasn't scored, hasn't created, hasn't been the same guy. He, you know, we talked about him all season long as the guy who, you know, made lines better. Oh, no, he's the engine. Right. I am the, I'm the first guy to say yeah. he's the engine. And when the engine doesn't go, the whole team shuts down. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that to me is a big story. In particular for me, you know, he controls the play so well. Like, he yeah. changes to his speed. He's able to adapt within it. And in this, it's uh, like punting pucks out of the D zone, but dumping pucks in. He has no room, right? None, yeah. He's, he's zero, he has no room out yeah. there to do what he wants to do. It closed down on him. So, Florida, you're giving Florida credit for, for that? Ton of credit. Yeah. Ton of credit. They, they, they targeted the right guy. And the one thing that's abundantly clear for me is – at the end of the day, he still weighs 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's not pushing anybody right. around. He has to do it with his hands, and he has to do it with his uh, IQ, uh, high IQ. Mm-hmm. But right now, nobody on that roster can create space physically. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue, big issue right now, because Florida can yeah. You know, I think that's one of the critiques we talked on this show many times about do can you tape grit on to a core that's not gritty? You know, can you add Achari and Ryan O'Reilly and Shen and whoever else, Lafferty and these guys, and suddenly have a team that has that has the jam when the core of the guys who plays 24 minutes a night, 22 minutes a night, and they're the ones in the biggest moment, if they don't have the jam, can you tape it to them? And I think the answer is you can't. So the one thing for me is that don't, don't ask them to be something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And to now all of a sudden for Sheldon to turn around to Matthews and Marner and Tavares to say, you know, you need to be grittier. If you didn't ask them to be gr- grittier in November, if you didn't ask them to be grittier in February – then why are you asking them to be grittier in May? See, it's not even grit, though, for me, Kip. I, I see your point. Like, this is a different type of hockey. No, no, no. It, it is 180-degree turn. Right. Okay? But different l- hockey. But look at some of the guys. You know, you look at a guy who's had success in the playoffs, undersized, Pat Kane. You know, you find a way to skate, get away from the traffic. Like, just 
you find ways to deal yeah. with it. No one's asking Pat but, Kane but, to punch but, you in the mouth when he's winning Conn Smythe trophy. But, but you had Boland. You had other guys that did that for you so Kane can go find those lanes. He didn't physically make it on his own. Is your point here that Matthews doesn't do that for Marner? Is that? No, no. My point is nobody does it for anybody. Okay. Nobody. Give me one guy in the lineup that can physically mm. make room for a teammate. Give me one. I assume you don't want me to say 34. Uh, yeah, I mean, lower down the lineup, whether it's Achari Listen, or whether it's none of those guys are. One of the most talented players in the world. Yeah. Has anyone ever taught Austin Matthews how to body check? Anybody in growing up in Arizona or in the Swiss League? Go watch him four check. And then go watch four or five other guys on Florida. Yeah. And you tell me they four check the same way. I'm watching two different leagues, yeah. two different players. Austin doesn't know how to body check. He goes in there. He probably pulls up probably about 30%, and then he kind of sticks his ass in there hoping to clip somebody. Sorry. Okay, go watch yeah. the physical presence of Barkov and go watch the physical presence of Austin Matthews, and you are seeing two different leagues. I actually had that clipped for me to to look into the just stopping skating on the forecheck as a theme with Matthews too. No, no. How about the whole team? Mm. Give me one guy. Give me one power forward right now on the Toronto Maple Leafs. One. Yeah, I mean, you know who their forwards are. You don't need me to give names. No, but they don't have one. Yeah, they don't have one. And then you traded at, Mar- uh, at March, and you asked Lafferty and Achari, nice players, and and yes, but like. Add-ons, depth add-ons at the third or fourth line. Your core, not one physical specimen to go out there and make room for themselves or their teammates. They all want to be skilled. They all want to toe drag. Tavares can't make room for himself or his line mates. Marner can't. Matthews can't. And Willie can't. So what's left? Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, the criticism of this team is that, you know, the the main guys do not have that element to them. And so you get to a point where, you know, you talk about people dialing out and looking at big issue, big picture with this team. The bet has been that they will find a way through, you know, like Phil Kessel wins the Stanley Cup, looks great in the playoffs. Joe, Jay Bomeister never makes the playoffs and looks great. They get in situations where they can. Yeah. The bet was these guys would too. Yes. And so when it doesn't work, and it conclusively has not worked, the experiment ends. And I think that's how we arrive at what now, which is what today is. Unless you believe they're coming back, which no one does. I, I, there's nothing that suggests that uh, they're going to go out there and, and, and run anybody over till, in this series. Until Joe Wall right? becomes the world's greatest goalie here. But I, I just, when... When now all of a sudden you ask these guys to do something that they haven't been asked to do probably in five years. What's your point? It's not who they are. You would never say to John Tavares, become a four-checking power forward. Like, it's not. That's You that, can't. It's like asking me to become LeBron James. Can't. That, that's always been what we've talked about with this core of guys. And well, it's it comes been, back to it's, that, that four-letter word starting with S. Soft. 100%. And so many times throughout that game last night, I'm watching it. I'm watching the, they, the four guys. That's, that's exactly the word I'm thinking. They don't go in with purpose. And they they 
they're they're nice guys. Just how we played soft. Super nice guys. Right? They're nice guys. Yeah. They are they don't have an ounce of confrontation in them. In my not, not an ounce. In my article today, Kip, I talked about something where, you know, Austin Matthews, you would put him in the core of elite guys in the NHL, captains, centermen, heart trophy with who? Nathan McKinnon, who we've seen throw a helmet at someone and freak out at the ref. Connor McDavid, who's freaking out at his teammates when he can't get a pass. Sidney Crosby, who's fight Claude Giroux to the death to get a puck. Like this elite, elite group that's won cups has this sort of next, it's freakish to me, the level of passion. But I don't think you can sit here and say Matthews has that. He doesn't. That's a big box that he doesn't check. Yeah, it's to, for me. It's the only it's, box he doesn't it, check. It's unquestionable, and you're right. He does he, he everything has, well, quietly, he, he nothing has, loudly. He has all the talent in the world. He is an that's, incredible world class player. But when it comes to not, this time of year, yeah, it's not. It's not what it's all about here. And now he's relying on it, and it ain't there. And he's got nothing else to offer. Can't run anybody over. He can't even grab a teammate. Let's just do one experiment here, okay? Take Austin Matthews out, put Nathan McKinnon in the Leaf lineup, mm-hmm. and you tell me right now the feel that that room would have. Nathan McKinnon would grab two or three guys by the collar. Does anybody have that ability? Tavares, Marner, anybody grab anybody and demand more because no. they can't look themselves in the mirror. They don't have the clout to the ability they to don't. do that. Yeah, they and, don't. And the, pro, the that's heart, a big deal. Yeah, the heartbreaking thing about last night is, thought the bottom six and a lot of the everything D the D was, was good. Everything they excellent. built around those guys has actually been very good. Where around uh, the core, like the depth guy, you get Lafferty and Cam for their best forwards last Lafferty night. Lafferty was a healthy scratch. A few days I ago. know. They were, they were saying these the depth they built is good. He's good depth, Kip. He's not a AHL forward. The D were. Pretty good last night. They gave up six shots in the first period, 20-some in the game. TJ Brody on the game-winning goal. I was embarrassed for him. You know what? I watched that, too, and I watched some criticism of that. I didn't think think it was terrible. He had two cracks to confront Sam Sam, uh, Reinhardt. Yeah. Okay? He backed off the first time. Yeah. The second time, eliminate him. Yeah, I agree there. Okay? Yeah. Finish him. Yeah. Take him out of the play. He's done. For sure. You know what you know what you're getting away with at that point? Everything? Everything. Yeah. Okay? Don't let him pass by you and then chase him around the net when you've given him 4 feet. Yeah. That that's 101 defense. Come on, you make Knock. 5 million bucks. You you're you're supposed to be now my number 1 defenseman because you're playing 25 minutes this yeah. night. And you give up that? That's not depth. Yeah, that's, that's not, fine. No, that's not depth. That's their top defense down pair. Yeah, that's, you know, that's and the that's guy fine. that played the most. And he was, I was going to say, I thought he was pretty good last night. I thought the decor in general was not a problem. I didn't think Florida had a ton. You know, they had some. McCabe, how do you let Declare behind you? How? Yeah. On a, on a penalty kill, he's the fastest guy on the ice. How do you allow him to get by you Guys on a get breakaway? Chances every game. I'm I'm just saying. Yes, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. But I'm saying they're those are the big ones. Me, those are the big ones that cost you. They did cost you 100. percent And this is not to say that they have some awesome decor. I just think it was fine. I don't think they were the problem last night. The problem's not scoring enough. You get two. They get two five games in a row. They can't get a win in regulation because they can't get to three. You know, Florida's one of the better offensive teams in the league. I didn't they, I didn't think the D was that bad. They have. 
They've played nine playoff games. They have one regulation win. Yeah. All right, let's Crazy. go to let's go to Sheldon Keefe on uh, on the Stars' inability to produce. Well, credit to Florida. They defended well. I mean, obviously, Austin rips one off the crossbar just seconds into the game. Um, could have changed could have changed that narrative, but uh, yeah, F- Florida played hard today. They defended the middle of the ice well. There wasn't a lot of opportunities for our guys there. You know, in the first five minutes. First five minutes, I think we had three or four odd man rushes uh, out of that, and, and um, liked the way we started the game that way. Obviously, it got Florida's attention on it, and, and they they plugged it up pretty good after that. Um, so yeah, not a five on five, not a lot of space, no power plays in the game, makes it makes it tough on those guys. You guys okay with Sheldon's post game comments? Uh, I'm not sure. He needed to go all uh, 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 Rick uh, bon- Bonus in, in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Do you think but, that was Rick Bonus? Or... No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying, saying yeah, like, or, to, yeah. or do you, should he have maybe. Yeah, the series isn't over for him. Challenged he's incentivized. A few more guys. I, I think he's incentivized to keep everyone, you know, not start. Now's not the time, you know, to suddenly I, start ripping guys apart. I think after game four could be interesting if it ends. It's too late then. I, I don't want to hear it. I would have... I, the one thing about Rick, I would have said that if you're... I would have had more respect for that if, if you're trying to... One last grasp to get to the, mm. the core guys. Yeah. It would have been... Ripping them after game four, to me, is completely a waste of breath. Yeah. It's just you putting on a show for the outside world. For sure. So where are we at with Keith here, fellas? Because he's a big part of this conversation too. For sure. You know, I I thought last night, you know, the adjustments they made were fine. I You could have some criticisms, I think, about, you know, usage of guys. What do you think of the lines, right? 11 and 7, quick to shuffle. I know you haven't been as big on that. Giordano plays seven minutes last night or something, 7.30. Not sure there's any point in dressing Where's seven it? if you're not going to use the I, seventh guy. It feels like it was yesterday that we sat here and I think we started, we started like, okay, there's 18 games in the regular season. Now you want to just, okay, maybe experiment a little mm-hmm. bit with your lines and you want to feel this out. And of course, Ryan O'Reilly gets hurt, which threw a curveball in, but then it started closing up and you're like, okay, enough with the juggling and the 11 and seven and where does everybody go and who ultimately Marner, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and here we are in game three, and it feels exactly the same way, that it never got settled in. Yeah. They never got deep pairs that they were comfortable with. And it's getting redundant. And yes, I think, Kip, that's, that's a criticism to me, a worthwhile criticism of, of Kyle Dubas, that they, didn't, they tried every iteration of this lineup, and it never felt like the puzzle pieces fit, right? Like you were constantly making adjustments to the puzzle, and so if you don't get all the puzzle pieces... You know, I don't know how much you can blame the coach. It's going to be interesting to see what they go with next game. So I thought the same thing, by the way, about Marner and, like, finding someone to create room for him. I'd play him with Ryan O'Reilly that next game as a center. Uh, he also spoke today via Zoom, and he talked about the, his core four, which, you know, it's, we can, it's kind of relevant to this conversation, so maybe a good time to play it here. Okay. Right now, the focus has got to be on 
doing what we can control and focus on the things that really truly matter uh, in terms of the process and the details of the game. I think the moment anybody gets bogged down with the fact that they haven't scored or they start to think about things outside of uh, the little details and the habits and the competitiveness and work ethic and all those things that, you know, give you a chance to succeed and put you in a position to score. Uh, the moment you get distracted and then lose focus of those things, you're, you're now you're, you're really, uh, really working uphill. So uh, that would really be it is just give our guys uh, the freedom uh, uh, to free their minds and just focus on the things that, uh, that they can control. So again, Give them the freedom. Like it's not, he's not using the whip here. And I don't know if there's ever going to be another time to do it. It's almost as if, uh, I don't know, if we go back to that start and he came out, he challenged them early, he he backpedaled and he's never really wanted to go down that path again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, since then he hasn't really. Remember that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the criticism at the time, I think, was too soon to do it or something like that, if I recall our show. Um, but it would have been helpful to have it a couple times throughout the season. It definitely feels now it's inauthentic for him to do that because that's not who he is, you know, to come out here but, and make but, a scene. But, I mean, when else w- would it be appropriate? No, it just ha- it should have happened previously several times when we yeah, had their but, moments. Yeah, for sure, but there's no more... I, I, you know, the more that I think about this, now is the time. Like, yeah. if you're going to, you've used one bullet the entire year. Right. And you <laughs> used it in, what was that, after? Game eight. Game eight. And you haven't gone back to that at all. Right now would be the time to maybe try a different way yeah. to light a fire under their butts. Fair point, Sam. Unless he knows it won't work. Is that <laughs> is that why he won't go down there? Because... Job preserva- they, preservation. They really have since moving Lula. He knows exit interviews are coming. Sorry, with with, with the decision to move Lula Amarillo out, yeah. who was nothing but tough love, into Kyle. That's where we're gonna we're gonna build on positive. We're gonna build on building these guys up, not stripping them down. Big substitute teacher vibes on that. <laughs> Yeah. Am I, does that make sense? Yeah. That, that's probably where this vibe has ended up now here in game three. Mm-hmm. Is that, I don't know, the best way I've described it over the year is Kyle's a warm blanket guy for these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, a word that comes up outside of this show, um, you know, sometimes is it's stuff around, you know, jam and competitiveness, but also choking like greg norman type stuff like you know some people elevate in the biggest moments whether it is um you know the way dry saddles playing or justin williams um you know the pressure in toronto is huge could there be to you an element of that with this team that the pressure is what it is not the lack of physical play but just you know it is when you're playing golf and you get nervy and not for me no not for me like i think i you don't i think it's just that they didn't get the winning reps early in their tenure ever and it just has snowballed i i I look like uh, at a guy like mitch marner and i know ohl chl isn't nhl but that is that's big league stuff we're talking about the best 18 year olds in the world yeah 
That guy had no problem uh, winning CHL Player of the Year. He had no problem captaining uh, uh, a historic franchise in the London Knights. He had no problem winning a Memorial Cup. Mm-hmm. So he he's done it at different levels. So where is it now that he's freezing up or choking in the big moment? I don't buy that for one second. For me, it's just not built right to win in the playoffs. Yeah, That's where it lies. Ironically, and didn't he have Matthew Kachuk on his line? Matthew Kachuk and uh, Christian Dvorak. Christian Dvorak. Yeah. One, one of the best in history, by the way. Yeah. A, a junior A lines. Uh, I think we do kind of have to have the, the conversation where it, it tightens up for him, Kipper, because it's it hasn't been pretty a lot of the big games with Marner. And I know like there's there's definitely validity to the big guys that having somebody to create space for him here. But all but, of them, all but, of them now at the same time, all coincidentally are choking. Yeah. Or is it just they're they're they don't have the style of play to win this time of year. They've missed for six years of their development, they've missed the one thing that you need the most around he- this time of year, and that is a physical element to their game. Yeah. They skipped that for six years. They went, bu- they went by on skill, 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 skill. Austin's in a corner. He's fishing for pucks. Barkov's in the corner. He's eliminating you. There's no room out there for them for their style of play. They only want to win one way, and that's overskilling another team. Oh, outscoring them. It's funny because, like, the in Tampa, like, the whole narrative was that they had got over that, right? That there was more net front stuff. They were able to be there. Florida has the Butchers. Tam- Tampa you know? might, might have been kind of bad. And Vasilevsky was, was awful. Like those- Tampa was just primed. They were just primed. We, we, everybody knew it since January that if Vasilevsky doesn't save their ass, if he's not superhuman again, they were going to go down. For sure. I like. I know you don't want to necessarily do the revisionist history, but it's hard. Not- I, I think it's super revisionist history yeah, to devalue that win. You look no. at any team who wins a playoff series; yeah, the other listen. team's going to have weak spots. Like that's you don't play a team who plays awesome and it's, win. That's they, they weren't. You make them look the, bad. They weren't necessarily the better team, though. They didn't outplay Tampa. No, but they also the didn't get outplayed by Tampa. It was a pretty close series, and they got some bounces. You know, I, I think it's revisionist to be like, yeah, that series now doesn't count. I think they're playing like dogs play well. in this series. They didn't play well. No, they didn't play well, but they played how, better how than many, the other team. How like many playoff every playoff games? Series. Nine now? Yes. How many regulation wins? Uh, we've done this. One. I know. Okay, I got One. it. One 60-minute game. I got it. I got it. I think it's pointless to say that that series somehow doesn't count. Like Tampa Bay didn't have Stamkos and Point and Hedman. Like they were suddenly terrible. It's a pointless argument, this one. Yeah, this one's stupid. This team does not have the, the guys to win four rounds against teams that play a variety of styles that have butchers in front is a totally valid point. Physical. Yeah. Right? And Tampa wasn't even close to the physicality we're seeing out of Florida right now. Which surprises me. Florida seems to love it. Love it. They're just younger. Yeah, and hungrier. That's a good point. They're yeah, hungry. They are hungry. They're just, and the least Sam, Sam Bennett is probably the most important player in this series. I know Kachuk's the answer, but Sam Bennett is a missile. And I think he's got people's heads up. Like, is this guy coming next? He's put he put David Camp, you know, ran him to start the series. He is mowing guys over out there. You know, Super effective. The one thing that's abundantly and clear, violent. too, 
is it's scary to say that, but they, they missed Matthew Nyes. Matthew Nyes made room for himself. Totally agree. Okay? I totally agree. And Matthew Nyes, and I know we had this conversation last week, and I said... Too important too soon? Be careful what you, you know, don't push too hard here. Don't, don't create an ask that's just a little overwhelming. And the guy got eaten up behind the net by the missile you're talking yeah. about. But... He 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 became in a week their most important left winger. They it don't was, have yeah. anybody yeah. to create room. At least he he did create room when he was out there. God, Yarncroft scored twenty goals this year. What do you do with him now? He got three more years of Yarncroft. He can't he can't do a lick out there, boys. He's been terrible, flat out. Honestly, I don't I don't, I don't think he should play next. I, he shouldn't play next game. You can't you can't have a player in your team who does nothing. Camp and Lafferty were do something. You can't have a guy do nothing. What would you say you do here? I just just a, a few of those guys. Sure. I don't see anything out of Kerfoot. Zero. He if you put him on zero the table, eventually it'll work its way through the table. Zero presence. And you can't have passengers so this then, time of year. Mid. What do you do? I know this is, we're going to have a whole off season. And today's probably not the day. You're right. I'll give you credit there. But uh, there are big questions about what to do if you believe what in do we do now? people okay. with no trade Let's clause. Let's just, bleh. what did we see on the Samson off play that knocked him out of the game? You go. Uh, bad turnover, the, a tree of a man skating a million miles an hour, blew his shoulder through his hip. Get the puck in deep. Yeah. Get the puck in deep. It comes down to, like, if we don't want to talk about the, the fear of physicality, that's a spot where a power forward puts the puck in deep, gets it in deep, goes in, puts a lick on the defenseman, gets the puck along the boards. That's Florida's game plan. For sure. And what, like, it's just, it drove me insane. I couldn't, like, that's your number one goalie's out of the game midway through it because your inability to get the puck in deep, you turn the puck over, and, God, that looked like it hurt would be my other thought. Wow. And it's Luke Shen. Love Luke Shen. Love Last everything about him. Last night was his finest night. Guess why? Asking too much of him? 20 minutes? Yeah. It's ridiculous. And now he's caught. He's flat-footed. He's chasing now, and he's... Too slow to catch up, and he pulls over yeah. Samsonov. And like, where where did the ask come from management coaching to say, hey, Luke, now we need you to play 20 minutes. Now we're turning you into a top four defenseman. He's just done it with Quinn Hughes. He's done it. He played with Victor Hedman at times. Like He's shown that he can kind of spot save these Guys, you know, he can play there for a bit. Too slow. Yeah, he's too slow. He's too slow to play meaningful, long, like 20 minutes in a second-round playoff series, a big ask for sure. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Nine games, I give him a 99 out of 100. Last game wasn't it for me. Did any of you thought when you first saw Samsonov go in that he's going to shake it off and finish this game? No. Yeah, I did just because he's been hurt after every single whistle. The way that it, like, pulled his shoulder back, I thought he separated his shoulder or something. That looked incredibly painful. I knew he wasn't coming back. He was slumped immediately. 
I had no belief in him coming back. But Joel Wool watched it and I, immediately grabbed the bio steel and was like, here we go. I got to tell you, I didn't feel any different with Joe Wall in that than I did with Samson. Alvin. None. Makes two. I actually preferred it. Yeah, I see. <laughs> We're all in agreement. Samsonov had some brilliant gains to the Leafs in this did, playoff. Stays in the blue area. Did not. Did not. And actually held on to a lot of shots, less rebounds. Like, I thought it was a great showing from him. If you want to say something positive, which no one wants to hear today. An, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out after Wednesday. Maybe we don't and this thing extends. And I think they Samsonov win and they lose in back. six. I, oh. think, I do. But, like... This whole thing with Samsonov throughout the year, uh, making it abundantly clear that something's not quite right. Either he gets up slow or he favored something. How many times did we see this during the season? Yeah, every At year. least 20. Sorry? At least 20. <laughs> okay. Like, Felt like at least you don't find once that, every other start. You don't find that weird at all? Yeah. Strange. Yes. Some people are... Divers, for lack of a better word. You know? I played with guys that probably went out of their way to make it abundantly clear that something's Yeah. I'm playing not this right role and I'm hurt. In the event that... Yeah, in you the play event poorly, yeah. That you either play poorly or maybe it gets a little too hot in the kitchen. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, he, I, I I imagine he's hurt. I I imagine it's legit. Yeah. But I just found it strange all year all, that he's yeah. nursing something. Something's not right. Yet he continues to play. And sometimes you see it, and sometimes you don't. I see. I see. I just found that weird. Not saying, just saying. Um, if he's available for next game, I still think you got to go with Wool. Like you just have to try to yeah turn the tide here. You're down three zip. New start series. It's time. To... I is. Not doing anything's un- unimpressive with Wall. Even the way he spoke about, hey, exhibition game, playoff game, I still prepare the same. I, I, I love that. They, they got something in him. I think so. Yeah, being how about really uh, great to the, watch the him. The first next shot season. he's faced in both his playoff games happened to be a uh, a B way. <laughs> Sorry, someone else said B way, not me. I could barely get through that. But a breakaway. Like, thanks for helping the kid out. Like, you think, okay, we got a young kid in there. He's nervous. We're going to protect him. Yeah. And here comes the fastest guy in the that, league. Oh, oh, oh. Screaming and then, down. And then you. a few minutes later, uh, take one in the head for us. Yeah. That was a hot, Knock your mask off while you're start. at it. Hot that, start. That told me so much about them. Yeah. Like, you, you get a goalie in there. And like you said, kid, first, well, not first in a playoff action. He played half of the third period in game one of the first series, but. You just have Duclair, who puts a beautiful move on him. Yeah, great move. That speed. Going that speed. I that mean, speed, good forehand, Lord. backhand, forehand. But it's just. <sighs> All right, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on Samsonov and Joel Wall. Well, Sammy's feeling better today. Uh, so that's positive. Uh, he is going to get some tests and MRI and stuff uh, done today just to. I have a better idea of what's happening with them. Uh, we do have some time on our side here, both today and tomorrow. So we'll use that time and, and get a better sense of, of where he's at. In terms of Joe, uh, I've got great confidence in him. I uh, wasn't phased when he went in the net yesterday, uh, and, and uh, he backed that up with his, with his performance. So um, 
I think our group has got a lot of confidence in him. And more importantly, he looked really confident and comfortable and didn't look like uh, the moment or the situation was anything too big for him. So, uh, you know, for that, uh, you know, if, uh, if we need to go back with him, then uh, I think we're, we've got lots of confidence and, and belief in his ability. Sounds like a guy that's starting on Wednesday night to me. Yeah, also sounds like Samsonov is fine. Fine. You don't go to the media and say he's feeling better today. Like, no one who's severe, sincerely hurt gets the review of... I haven't. Unless he doesn't want to play. Samsonov. Samsonov. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Right. Right. Unless he says, hey, I can't go. I just... I think it's crazy that Matt Murray is cleared I, and healthy and available. I, I, and none of us have said, should Murray go I in? saw... Uh, I think it was David Alder that tweeted it. But he was like... I just saw uh, Shell. Sorry, I just saw Kyle Dubas go over to Matt Murray and give him a tap and tell him that he's the e bug. I'm like, Matt Murray Matt is Murray's alive. I was like, where is, Matt Murray's there <laughs> and he's fine. <laughs> he's just not even an option to well, dress. Yeah, well, didn't didn't uh, Kyle when he saw him go down walk over to the yeah. press box and yeah. say, yeah, that's what downstairs? Yeah. 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 That's what, yeah, is that what you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't even know he was an option. So, I mean, what? Comes of this in the off season when they can't, eat, they don't even want the guy as their second goalie, healthy in playoffs, can't be a part of the club next year. Unfortunately, it's crazy. Anywho, yeah. can't. So, did I hear you correctly? You think uh, Lisa will win the next two games? Yeah, yeah, I did say that. All right. So, <laughs> see, to me, to me, that no, I do, that, I do believe that. that. I do believe that saves a little bit of face. I'm no curious. Way. I think this is the exact spot where they give you the here's here's what we can do game. Yeah. Then you go home. I I, gotta tell I you. just think physically they cannot overcome it. I mean, guys, if this Toronto team plays this Florida team a hundred times, they're not losing a hundred games. And don't say yes, they are because that's dumb. I, I wasn't going to well, say nobody's that. Nobody's going right. to play that hard over right, fair 100 enough. games. But I think... I think, yeah, well, listen, they, they lose an OT 2-2 on the road in a game that's probably a coin toss if you strip back everything you know about this core. <laughs> but it is. It's essentially, Keith said as much in his comments, too. I, I just think they get one. And if they, by the way, if they don't, if they go out and just quit, just quit and lose like 5 nothing or something, 5-1, whatever, next game. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Who, who can come back? Who of their well, important I, players I, could I, you bring I, back? That, that won't happen. No. That won't happen. You guys, you really believe that, eh? Yeah, I do. I, I think that's I think, going one of two ways. They win or they get absolutely felt. I think we're on big time quit watch here, fellas. No, I think they're just good enough to lose. There's a sneak through on? No, they're good enough to lose 2-1 or 3-2 or 4-3. Yeah, I think they're Or losing be- overtime. And I, I just think physically they've just been manhandled. My bet is that the final score is not within two and a half goals. One way or the other, I don't know which way. I, I thought even, like, I got to tell you, even if they won that game last night, I'd have a similar tone today. I just don't think they can match up against Florida's physicality and forecheck and they can't break the puck. Like, I really would have had the feel, very similar feel today. Yeah, here comes Zach but Delphi and Josh you, 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 I mean, you, I just, they got you're, holes. You're, you are yeah. go- yes, and you're going by the fact that they were, what, the 21st, the best defensive team in the league. Yeah, they give up chances. <laughs> Did you watch game two? Yeah. Did you watch it? It was like yes. Toronto had that Mario Kart arrow thing every time they touched the puck in the neutral zone. It was super boost. And they didn't score. And Bobrovsky nah. Bro- 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 has strung together the three 
best games in of the his history career. of goaltending. Uh, he yes. wasn't very good. He wasn't. He didn't need to be good last did, night. Did he make a save last night? Uh, it's, the he, the two games the that mattered. No. He, those were the two best games yeah. he's ever had. Yeah, for sure. Like legitimately. Yeah. By save what say it for me, Borny. Uh, goals saved above expected. What that was legitimately his best two game stretch of his life. Awesome. Cool. 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 Uh, okay. Uh, you guys want some playoff picks? We do. A week ago today, the Toronto Maple Leafs were the Stanley Cup favorite at plus 325. One week ago today. Now, they're plus 2200 to win the Stanley Cup. They're by far the worst odds to win the Stanley Cup. So, just shows you what a difference a week can make, fellas. I really hope there's no one listening to this show that bet the Leafs to win the Cup at plus 325 yesterday, last year, because that would not have been good. Would have been a bad bet at the time. Yes. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky creeping up the cons, my favorites list. He's up to plus 1,600. If they keep getting this kind of goaltending from him, they go on a magic run. Goaltenders have a tendency no to win the cons, Smythe. touching Leon right now, including goalie Bob. What a freak. He's a freak. He's <laughs> the fastest kid alive. But, I mean, right. if they, so they would give it to, if they beat them in the final, the Cats beat the Edmonton Oilers in the final, and Bobrovsky was brilliant. I mean, if Leon continued yes. to play like yes. this, it's possible. But uh, And so Connor, race. Leon, and Matt Kachuk are all co-favorites for the Conn Smythe at plus 650. So they're Connor does have the narrative edge, right? Of course. He's Connor McDavid. Uh, and if you can, if you think the Leafs can salvage a touch of pride and win a game in the second round for the first time in 19 years, you can get the Florida, Florida Panthers to win in game five at plus 280. So maybe the Leafs figure out a way to do it down there, and then they mm. come back home and lose at home like they always do. That'd be great for you, plus 280. And my last one, if you're a true believer, which there can't be many out there, but if you are, God love you. Show ya. yourselves. Plus 750 for the Leafs to be the fifth team in history to rally from a 3-0 series deficit. Plus 750, which doesn't seem like good enough odds I do me. not like that number. That number is way too low. <laughs> Double it. We'll talk. By the way, Sam McKee has been betting against the Leafs I'm every rich. game. He is rich. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to tell because my mom listens to the show, but I, 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 could, I could buy a Tim Hortons franchise. Uh, I, I, hey, your, your green fees all looked <laughs> yeah, after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the I whole get, summer? Yeah, I'm going to be walking out there with that Ronnie, Ronnie Dangerfield putter after this <laughs> <laughs> run. Anyways, that was Playoff Picks presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest thoughts. Okay, us. we're going to take a quick break. Craig Simpson, who called the game last night, will join us, former NHLer, two-time Stanley Cup champion. He's going to give us uh, his reason why. The Panthers are out to a 3 nothing series lead. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, all back after the break. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, let's welcome in the man that called the game last night, along with Chris Cuthbert, uh, Craig Simpson, former NHLer, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and uh, enjoying an off day in, in Florida. And we thank you, Simmer, for joining us because we know you could easily be Fishing right now on a patio, jet skiing with Cece. Kipper, it's killing me. I'm looking out my window and I see the ocean. And you're right, I should be out there trying to catch something. But glad to be on with you guys. Well, really appreciate it. Um, listen, I mean, we know this is a crazy game and uh, emotions run high this time of year. But 
How surprised are you eight days later coming off Tampa Bay? The Leafs are in this predicament. Yeah, you, no question that it's one of those moments that you got to check yourself and say, how did we get here? Like, where where did the process go wrong? You, you know how quickly, and Kipper, you've lived it, and you've seen how quickly a, a series can change or how a game can change. But uh, I, I, I just think, you, you find yourself in these moments now that you realize how quickly what you accomplished in that first round goes away and you have to just start all over and you start fresh and you have to find a way to grind it back to, to what you were trying to accomplish the first time. And so uh, it's a terrible position to be in. It's, uh, it's a bit of a shocking one but it's one that happens incredibly quickly that you, you now have to look at yourself internally and say, what have we missed? What have we not done? Like uh, there's no question in my mind that uh, you, you look at the two teams and you have to have your top guys performing at a level that can, can drag you into the series, can drag you into the fight can get you over that hump. And right now, uh, the Leafs find themselves in that precarious position with another two days in between games to find a way to stay alive. And uh, Florida, to their credit, has kept that momentum from being the underdog to beat the, you know, David and Goliath. And they've kept it through. And, and quite frankly, Toronto hasn't had an answer. They haven't. Simmer, what do you make of Toronto's core four play against the Florida Panthers so far? You know, why is why have things turned so drastically for them in terms of their ability to get points? Well, the the why is the question that you hear. If you had the answer to that, you'd be able to create a lot of other, uh, solve a lot of other problems. Right. But I, I, I just think that it's those moments that you realize uh, – you know, what can you do in the critical times to make a difference in the game? I, I go back to game six in Tampa and I'd say it's really the only time that one of the key Toronto players made a huge impact. You know, Matthew's two goals, the one quick little risker and then the tip in uh, off the uh, shot from the side on the power play. And that gets you that game and that gets you to the next round. So there's your moment as a key player for Toronto to to sort of establish that, okay, our, our top guys can be the difference makers. But in this series, quite frankly, uh, you know, I, I, I credit Florida in a lot of the regards, but I also say you have to find a way to be a difference maker every night. And uh, I, I haven't seen that. I've been uh, – Doing the games have been shocked at times, the amount of times that they've been sloppy with the puck. Uh, what did Sheldon Keefe say after game two? Like flabbergasted of second period turnovers and how it changed. So uh, I, I think that the onus on the key guys is to take the level to another one and find a way to drag your team back into the fight. And quite frankly, the the Florida not just the core guys, but the supporting guys have done that, I think, at a way higher level than, than the Leafs have to this point in the series. We're joined by Craig Simpson, Hockey Night in Canada analyst. Uh, Simmer, just listening to you, I think twice you referred to dragging uh, 
dragging yourself or teammates into a fight here. And my point earlier in the show before you came on was that the the Leafs are abundantly, it's clear that they don't really have anyone like that. And I know you mentioned Matthews getting the goals against Tampa Bay, but those are, those are skilled plays. But actually this time of year when it's more often than not that you see teams come together and, and, and drag each other, that's really missing in these first three games, is it not? It, it is. And, Kip, I'll, I'll go back. I was sitting with Ryan Zabidiak, our, our uh, amazing tape person in our truck, sitting by the pool. I'm allowed to do that on an off day, right? That's yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but we're, we're talking about past. And I, I go back to 1990 playing, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to play with Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson uh, on a line. And I go back to 1990 in two different series and one being Chicago in the conference final. We're up two to one, but Chicago had won game three in Chicago. And I, and Kipper, you know, this Mark Messier that day in the room was just a different Mark Messier. He, he was an angry, he was a focus. He was intense and he set the tone for the warm up for the getting ready, getting your gear on. And honestly, it was like, for me, the most inspiring thing that you go, this is a game that we cannot lose. And we're in Chicago Stadium, which you know is a tough building to play in. And that guy set tone for the entire team that this is a game that's not going away. This is a game that I'm going to take care of. And our line had 11 points that night. Mark had two and two. And that set the tone to win that and go on. And in the Stanley Cup final, we're up two to one against Boston at home. Again, we lost game three on home ice. And it was the exact same thing where Mark, our captain, was the catalyst to say, you know, Glenn and I, you follow, you do whatever you can to make the difference. And I go, that's, that's what's missing, and I, and I know it doesn't always magically appear, but the good teams and the teams that go on to win have those moments collectively that define how everybody is going to come together and make a difference. And so it hasn't happened. Honestly, I, I, I thought the opportunity was there after a couple of you know tough losses on home ice to do it in, in game three, and and. Kipper, I, I was doing the game in overtime and you had three consecutive icings on not really much of a pressure plays. And I go, like, that just can't happen. And those are little mistakes that maybe you can survive them. Maybe you can magically create that emotion that we're talking about now in game four. But that was just, quite frankly, a, a mind-boggling overtime that just had no reason to happen and those are the mental mistakes that it's hard to recover from for sure and and simmer i wrote something uh in the first round on tampa you know when they had had some good runs of play and said like the other team gets to play too and part of it you know they have good players and part of it is adjusting and you know combating that what do you make of this florida panthers team who seems to have really caught lightning in a bottle at the exact time of year you want to get hot well, and let's not forget, like, they were a great team last year, 
with the, you know, the moves that they made. So they were the best team in the regular season last year, had a good first round and then flamed out against Tampa uh, last year. So they, they've got that fresh in their mind, but there's, there's no question that they're the ones dictating the play. Like uh, I, I've been impressed. Uh, I was interested to see if the extra couple of days maybe stop them from getting into the groove that they were. Cause I actually thought, coming off of game seven and playing two days later actually helped them. They stayed in the rhythm. They had Paul Maurice has talked about, we have the exact same routine. Our guys are focused on, you know, day of rest, day, day of game. And I, I just think that they're the team that right now is dialed in. They're the team that has been able to initiate and they're the team that's been able to create the turnovers. And, you know, I, In game two, there was a sequence of events that probably, if if we had have had the time to show the replays, they created five turnovers on forecheck in the offensive zone and kept the play alive and had five scoring chances. And I go like, guys, that, that doesn't happen often in a regular season, let alone a playoff. And I would say, like, Florida to me is a team that believes that they're a better team right now. They believe in each other and they have had those individual performances that break through to the next level of just making something happen. And the challenge right now for the lease is quite frankly, they haven't had it. Their top guys have not been able to have a breakthrough performance. And if you're going to win in the Stanley cup finals or not finals, but to get to the final, you have to have those along the way. And uh, now you find yourself down 3 nothing. that, you know, tomorrow, or sorry, two days, it's crazy that we got two days again. Uh, mm-hmm. But you have to find a way to get to that next level of breakthrough performances. And quite frankly, right now, uh, Justin, uh, they're, they're in that mode. I think Florida is in a comfortable mode of, they're getting those performances all the way through their lineup, not just their first line, not just their second line, but even third and fourth that are getting those performances right now, and that's why they're up 3 nothing. The one thing that's so clear, and you know, if we went back to even when they signed Tavares, you would have thought that uh, the middle of the ice for the Leafs would have been absolutely set for the next six or seven years when he signed. And I'm watching last night, and... For me, Simmer, we know how hard it is to get to the middle of the ice. But right now, Florida seems to be dominating it with Barkov, Bennett, Lundell, and Toronto's getting eaten up with Matthews, Tavares, and Kemp was their best centerman. Uh, But right now, physically, it's not even a contest down the middle. No, and, and I said uh, going into the overtime before we started, I said you know the, the the positive thing is that the the fourth line, which is really only two players in Camp and Lafferty, were probably one of your most effective and best players and and lines. But that's a bad thing, right? You you need your top guys to be the drivers, and I I, I think you're bang on. I I have not seen that kind of playoff breakthrough performance from anybody. I, early on, maybe Morgan Riley was able to, to get to a level that he hadn't in the regular season. Um, 
But these are the moments that you go, listen, guys, your season and and the definition of what you are as a player is on the line. Uh, I I can honestly say, like, when your career is over like us, Nick, and you're looking back, you don't think much of things that happened in the regular season and what you accomplished there. The, The greatest moments are made in what we're living right now. And so... You, you know, you can't all be Stanley Cup champs. There's an incredible journey to get there. But you can you can define yourself. How many times has that Doug Gilmore, you know, overtime goal against St. Louis been shown in Toronto lore? Like, those are the moments that you dig in and you say, what can I do at that special moment? And unfortunately, in this round, there hasn't really been any defining moment for those core four guys that you can point to and say, yeah, like they, they are taking this team and running. And so there's your challenge. You'll throw down the gauntlet when you're down three, nothing and say, can you be like the 19, what is it? 42 Leafs that uh, came back from that. But you, you, you can't even focus on that Wednesday night. If you're a Leaf player, you have to say, I have to find a way to be a difference in this or we're going to go quietly. And if I don't find that, you know, the onus is on them. They, they, they've been outperformed by the Florida top guys and, and actually the Florida depth, and that's something that's not acceptable. Well, you know, I want to ask you about that Wednesday night. And last one for me, Craig, just you appreciate your time. Wanted to get your thoughts quickly on what to expect on Wednesday. You know, I, I wrote something today about does this Leafs core even believe in themselves that they can find it, muster up some pushback here. I think we'll find out a lot about them. What do you expect we'll see on Wednesday? Well, if you if you can't find it, then it's it's going to all be blown up. Like everybody talks about, well, what's going to happen next? Like, as a player, you, you're not thinking about the next four years, or even if I got five years left on my contract, you're going, what what can I do right now to get us to the next day? And so the challenge now from a Leaf player perspective is what can I do to give us a tomorrow? And if you can't bring your best game, like if if you can't have an impact on this one, uh, when, when you're the top guys who, you know, this has been a good Leaf team over the last four or five years of this group. The last two years have been better than any in Leaf history. But these are the moments that you say, if if you can't come up with some special moment that will get us to tomorrow, like all you have to focus on on Wednesday night is to make sure that you have a performance that allows a Friday night game in Toronto. And uh, quite honestly, Justin, that's all you can focus as a player. You, you You can't get those three losses back, but you can focus on what can I do on Wednesday to make sure we get a Friday game. So uh, so I think you're leaning towards me because Sammy says it doesn't matter. Uh, win, win or win two, it doesn't matter if they still lose. Um, but is is a win Wednesday the difference between a very long summer or a summer where you can't show your face in public? Yeah, well, I, I don't think there's any question, Nick. I, I, I think you if you don't come up with a – if, if Forget about even the core guys, like every player on that team. If you don't come up with a performance on Wednesday and win, yeah, you you feel like you got swept in the first round. I, I don't care 
what the numbers say that you got four wins against Tampa, it's the same feeling. When when you get swept in a series, it's it's pretty humbling, and this is one of those ones that you you have to focus on. You you can't get four games back in a row. You just got to start with one. And if you don't get that one, though, Nick, I, I don't yeah. think there's any question. It's a long summer because it's a failure. Yeah. I mean, to lose four straight against this Florida team, that's a failure. Simmer, always great stuff when you're on our show. We really appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, uh, still some daylight uh, time out there for you to take a boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll get back to the pool. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Simmer. It's Craig Simpson. All right. Hockey Night care. in Canada analyst. He's getting ready. He's got two nights off. Man. And I bet you he's going to really enjoy them. Jealous. <laughs> he deserves it. He deserves it. As we would. Uh, we, by the way, what a year for Simmer on our show. Uh, probably, I don't know how we'd rank our MVPs over the course of the season. We won't do yeah. it yet, but he's he's in the conversation. Yeah, for sure. You lean on him, and he great always stuff. brings it. So, Sammy, yeah. he also said that, yeah, you, you got to show something. This talking about Wednesday thing is interesting to me. You know, got to show something Wednesday. And, like, come on, just bring bring back a game five <laughs> here. so done. I, I don't want it. He doesn't want to watch. I don't, no, I just don't want it. Like, I don't, oh, I, great. They won one game. Why? Who cares? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, like, if they, we come in here and they win 5 great. nothing so, route. Great. They come back to Toronto and they lose on home ice and everyone kills them there. Like, I, that's in the back of their mind, too. Like, they lose every game on home. What do they lose? They remind you, Mark Stahl and Gudes play on the blue line yeah, for and Florida. And they're dominating the least forwards. Explain that one. Right. I, I would just, could you imagine some of the, the, undoing people have to do if the Leafs did the improbable, the amount of like messages sent and articles written people would regret. Oh my God, it'd be my dream. I know. Would love never, to have to I would, undo that. I would never ever be happier to look like an idiot. And I look like an <laughs> idiot a lot. So it would be my dream for to look like an idiot. Yes. But you know, one I at know. a time. I know. That's all you all can right. do. Can't win game seven if you don't win game five, right, fellas? <laughs> well, right? I can't get the game five. Oh game my four. God. Hey, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh we got Brian Lawton as well, another guy that's done a lot uh, over his career. We'll get his thoughts and, and maybe get a Kyle Dubas outlook out of Brian Lawton. And maybe we'll, we'll sprinkle it around the uh, the outfield or the infield. Which I one is the Infield, around the league. I want to get his thoughts on the New York Rangers. Gerard Gallant, out. Yeah, we, heard, we didn't even mention that. Who comes in? Names? Sheldon Keefe? No. <laughs> there you go. Two days off. See what happens with two days off. Uh, I was thinking Joel Quenville. Yeah, Larry Brooks shot that down in an article. I don't know if that oh. means it's over, but. All right. There's we'll some get names his, out there for the old Leafs. We'll this get, does happen. Anyways, we'll find let's out go. what Brian thinks after the break. Real Kipper and Bourne. Back after these words. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The Kipriel's Justin Bourne. Waiting on Brian Lawton to join us. Get his perspective from south of the border. All right, let's welcome in Lots. How are you, pal? 
Doing fantastic, Kipper. How are you? Well, you know, we're doing a two-hour Leaf show. Yeah. Feel sorry for us? <laughs> I never feel sorry for you two. <laughs> uh, we know locally what the vibe is here. How about south of the border? You know, it's been really interesting, Kipper. The Toronto May Police finally got the monkey off the back, so to speak. They beat the truth. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time winner of the Stanley Cup of the last three Cups, three-time finalist. And then I sit here and I look at them and I say, I think I might think less of the Leafs than before the playoffs started. (laughs) How can that be? It's crazy. Now, obviously, how can you undo doing something as great as they did in the first round? And we don't normally say that's great for any organization, but the Leafs had struggled for a long time in the Austin Matthews era to just get by the first round. They finally do that. You're thinking, oh, boy, they're going to have to play Boston next, though. And then Florida wins, and all of a sudden they're down 3 nothing, and you're thinking about it going, how did that happen? That's yeah. just a really bad bounce for this organization. It is. It is. They have failed repeatedly when it looks like the door is open to walk through it. Um, you know, this being another example, the talk around the team, if you read any of the online discourse, is about how the core has not performed in the games that have mattered here. What are your thoughts on, you know, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander? Well, I mean, the problem with that is every game matters in the playoffs, right? And when they needed to against Tampa, the core did perform. They actually performed quite nicely. What's happened in the second round? Maybe too much euphoria. Who knows? But they have been a bit of a no-show. And that's been tough for a lot of people to take. The Leafs are a team that is very uh, top-heavy. When those guys don't perform, then the team doesn't look so good. Can they still get it going? Yes. Do I know why they haven't got it going against Florida yet? Is there any one thing I can pinpoint? Outside of maybe, and this is not known information, but to me, Austin Matthews looks like he's laboring or hurt, not a normal, his normal self. Outside of that, though, I can't tell you why. Hey, Lots, the one thing that's missing out of that, that core four is a power forward. There was a thought that Austin could be that guy at, at center ice, but it hasn't really materialized. And maybe he is hurt. And maybe to your point, something doesn't look right. But right now, they are physically getting dominated by the Florida Panthers. And I'm just wondering when it's all said and done, will you look at, at, at those four guys and say, that's the one thing that's been, that was missing in the Leaf lineup is a one true power forward. You look at the success of Stanley Cup champion teams and you go down from last year to Landis Cog to... Uh, Ovechkin, Brady Shen, go, go down to any Stanley Cup champions, and there's like two or three of those guys that can run you over. I'm looking at the Leaf lineup and going, who's that? Yeah, it's a little bit unfortunate for them. I actually think they have that guy. It's just too early to rely upon him, and that, of course, would be Matthew Nice. Now, can you expect to come in, have him come in and give that to the club? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's not a... It's not a shortcoming of his. It's just that he's new, just got out of college. All of a sudden, you're in the playoffs. You're playing for an organization that hasn't won a first round in a very long time, and you're just trying to feel your way. Um, but, yes, they do lack that guy 
even though he may be on the roster, it's just not realistic to think that he could get up to speed that fast. So it's a dearth that they have in the organization on this team. I thought, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Chari, Sam Lafferty, maybe they could give him a little bit of bite. And to their credit, all those guys have, but they still don't have that Gabe Landeskog type guy that you're talking about, Kipper. So what becomes of this Leafs core this offseason then? You know, this is a pretty good string of, you know, postseasons where I think you'd say you've got less for Marner than you would have hoped. You know, uh, Matthews is kind of, you know, his contract's got one more year on it. No trade clauses are in play. The GM doesn't have a contract. Like, there's a whole bunch of figuring out to do with this Toronto Maple Leafs team. Yeah, you know, there is. And I thought after the first round, all that stuff might just work itself out. Yeah. And here we are three games into the second round, and you're saying we're right back where we were. I don't think anybody knows at this stage. I mean, Kyle Dubas, you know, I've always maintained he's done a very good job, but ultimately you're paid to go deep in the playoffs, and that just has not materialized. I actually was hoping for Toronto two things. Number one, that they'd get by Tampa, and number two, that they'd get by Boston. I thought, wow, what a turnaround this could be for this organization if they can – conquer those demons of those two organizations in one year and go on. And even if they didn't win this year, I think people would have accepted that as a tremendous success. Uh, What happens now? I think it's anybody's guess. Um, You know, Toronto still has a top tier team in the national hockey league. The odds of winning the Stanley cup are very low for everybody. Um, Their other teams are trying as well, but this year, it's like the combination of everything, beating Tampa, then to find themselves down 0-3, and then to be looking around the league and say, my goodness, this is the most wide-open year I've seen for the Cup in a very, very long time. It's probably tough to swallow for a lot of fans in Toronto right now. Lots, not to get ahead of myself, but I, I will because we went down that path. But uh, if you're a, an ownership group like MLSE, uh, there's a number of ways that you can move forward. Uh, but how big of a change or uh, how much uh, – what can they get away with uh, if, in, in terms of not changing too much? Well, let's face it, MLC, I mean, the, the organization does one thing well year in and year out, and that's they're very efficient, they're very popular around the world, and they make a lot of money. So from that standpoint, they're good it's not going to be easy because I don't believe anybody in MLSC is satisfied just making a lot of money. I do believe the internal goal for that organization is still to win a Stanley cup is to still climb the mountain, to be at the top of it. So there's going to be a lot of soul searching. I mean, Brendan Shanahan's going to, you know, life is so much easier when things work out. Unfortunately, they don't always work out in sports. What do they do? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything immediately regardless. I mean, I would really take my time. If I was on the board of MLC, I'd want to go through everything that's transpired and hear from everybody. There's no rush to do anything. If you're going to change things up, there's plenty of time to do that. There's no shortage of people, good people, that would be dying to work for that organization. It's just that kind of an organization. However, you may have the people right there. They may need more time. As difficult as that may be for people to swallow in that city, they may. Those are tough decisions. Uh, I just think Kyle Dubas has done a lot of really good things for that organization. 
And even if they fail in this round, doesn't necessarily mean it was all for naught. You so know, I'm fascinated. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what they're going to do. Barney, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I just, if they are eliminated here on Wednesday night, it's tough to see. It's tough to see them bringing everything back as is. People just don't want to see it or hear excuses or process or anything right now. Like they want red meat, you know, like the there's upset people. You've got Matthews and Nylander who can be extended on July 1st, but also have no trade clauses kicked in, I think. Marner has a no trade kick in then too. You know, these are big decisions with these guys. And so it's almost like if you're going to keep Dubas, he's going to be here for a while if you let him make those decisions. Are there candidates out there that can that come to mind for you that would make sense outside of Dubas? Like it's, I don't know, lots. It's just tough to see someone coming in and the first thing they have to do is make these massive decisions. I don't think there's anybody out there right now that I'm saying, wow. Yeah, got to have them. Maple Leafs, yeah, they, they got to have them. The organization would be so much better off if they made this adjustment at the management level or at the coaching level for that matter. So I, part of that is part of my analysis, why it's, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater right. here. Let's see what happens. See, you've got to have something that you feel is better if you're going to make change. And I don't see it. I just think Kyle's done, you know, a very good job there. Um, I think Sheldon Keith, you know, I hear a lot about him and he hasn't gotten him over the top. He's dealt with a lot of adversity very, very well, in my opinion, with that team in the biggest market under the brightest lights. So I'd give him more credit than people realize. It's not only tough to play in Toronto, it's tough to coach in Toronto too. So I just think there's plenty of time for that. Let's see if this team can't get it going and at least win a game and see where they can take it from there. They're going to get that opportunity, and uh, we'll see how they respond. But ultimately, I do not see anything on the horizon that I say they cannot let that slip away. We're talking to Brian Lawton, former NHL player, agent, general manager. Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Lots, the three of us have kind of gone around the uh, talked about uh, game four and what just one win would do, but we all believe that the Leafs will not win this series ultimately, but can a win or two change maybe even saving jobs or saving a guy from being traded? That's a great question. Uh, Getting swept in a series can eliminate all the great things you did in a series before that. There's no doubt about it. The the league has a history of those types of things going on, particularly when you have a team when a lot of people are waiting on. Um, if they could come back and somehow make this series, would it maybe save someone's job? I guess it's possible, but you hope the analysis would go deeper than that. And, you know, there's just there's question marks on their group. The biggest thing that I would ask Kyle would probably just be the asset allocation. You know, does this team in a salary cap world, are you spending your money the way you need to? Everybody knows about the big four forwards. We can throw Morgan into that equation as well, who's played quite well, to be honest with you, This particularly this playoffs. He's been their rock for a long time. But overall, that would be the number one question that I would ask if I was on the board. How do you justify that? You haven't gotten over the hump. 
You haven't made any changes with it. It's been talked about for a number of years. Just walk me through why. Now, to your point earlier, yes, I understand Austin Austin Matthews can be extended. I understand that Willie Nylander can be extended. But it's not that easy to make changes. Are you really going to trade Austin Matthews if you're not going to extend him? Are you really going to trade William Nylander? I probably would have said that's something that probably should have happened if you were going to try to change that mix because it's just process of elimination. You really I don't think there's been opportunities to trade John Tavares, not at $11 million bucks. I don't think the Leafs have ever really wanted to trade uh, Mitch Marner. And again, you know, when you get to these numbers, it's tough to make deals. Mitch Marner, I believe, would be significantly different than John in that they're six years apart, and that's significant. So uh, not that easy to make changes other than with Nylander. That's never happened. Uh, I've always felt the Leafs were just a little bit light on D, just a little bit light goaltending-wise. And um, I've eaten a lot of crow in saying that because I have said it in the past because they have had some really, really great regular seasons. But for me, I mean, I I only ever wanted to be a GM to win it all in the playoffs. I could have cared less if our teams were first overall. It's all about the playoffs. So is it fair in your estimation to approach people with no trade clauses? Like John Tavares is the team's captain and Toronto guy, his family's here, you know, is it fair to even ask him? Is it fair to Matt Murray? You know, what? how do you go about having those conversations? Because if you're going to retool this team and not rebuild, which is obviously what would happen given the team is very good, um, you know, those seem like integral pieces is freeing up cap space where guys are not effective. Yeah, I mean, I have a funny twist on that. Is it fair? Uh, it's not fair to try to make guys move that you gave no trade clauses to. But is it fair to have a discussion with them about maybe you want to change things up with hockey players having been one for, you know, a number of years in the league? Yeah, I think it's fair. Mm. I don't think you got to insult anybody. If a guy doesn't want to move, you know, and you've given him a no trade, then he has a right to say no. And that's it. But um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, you, you can, you, to me, you can do it. Some people might say, oh, you might lose. You're not going to lose John Tavares. He's a professional. He's been around this game for a long time. He's he's left the organization that drafted him first overall. Um, you know, I think you just got to approach it straightforward and be honest. And uh, a lot of times you'd be surprised. Players know where they stand. They know what an organization's goals are. They understand it's a business. Uh, guys are getting traded you know, fairly frequently still in this league um, from somebody that was traded on Christmas. You just understand that that's part of the business. Doesn't mean you're happy about it, but you do understand it and you do take it like a professional. So if Kyle Dubas stays, could he go and do that? Uh, Could he go and do that with William Nylander? I seem to recall when he was signed right before December 1st after his, you know, partial holdout, there were some comments about they'd never trade him, this, that, or the other thing. If you went to Willie Nylander, if they did lose this and said, hey, we might trade you, um, it, it wouldn't be a shock. It wouldn't be a shock to him, in my opinion. Now that we're down that path, I I, I got to ask you, and I'm very 
I'm very cautious when it comes to saying that that contract is unmovable because every time I say that, sometimes it, you find a way, uh, even with two or three teams, or how much money does teams pick up on it. But would Tavares's $11 million times two uh, be as close to unmovable as possible for you? In the salary cap world, where we're with it, where we are in this cycle with regard to players paying back, you know, higher escrow, I would say it's next to unmovable. It shouldn't be in a normal time, right? But it's not normal times. We're coming out of a pandemic. We had a shortage of revenues. It, the owners paid players. Players are paying it back. Salary caps are tighter than ever. They haven't increased at all, really, over the last few years. A million bucks a year is, is not what most GMs were managing to or planning to manage to. And really, I don't hold anybody accountable. You essentially had a force majeure event that nobody could plan for. So I, I would say with all the circumstances, when you add it up, unless the Arizona Coyotes are going to reinvent themselves and start spending a lot of money, and it wouldn't even really work for them because of the term left in the age and where they're at in their cycle, yes, I would say it's unmovable. One more. I, I, I kind of teased everybody that I, I wanted to ask you about the New York Rangers. Uh, Gerard Gallant let go. And a lot of speculation about the name Joel Quenville came around. I think Larry Brooks kind of squashed that. So I'm assuming someone within the Ranger organization may have said uh, quietly that we're not going down that path. But what are the chances that Joel or even Stan Bowman uh, resurfaces here uh, in the future? Um. I think they're good, quite frankly. I really do. And some people might be shocked by that. I think the burden of accountability is less for a head coach in this particular instance than it is for a general manager. So I think they're, I think they'll both get back. I just don't necessarily think it'll be on the same timeline. I am friends with Stan, but also with Joe Quinville. And I talked to him fairly regular and he, you know, he has put a ton of work into trying to better himself in order to get back in the National Hockey League. But Joel understands, and all teams out there, just for the record, there's no teams talking to Joel Quenville. Teams, according to the commissioner, and he said this publicly, are not supposed to talk to Joel Quenville. Certainly, they're aware that he's out there, and it does mean a lot if the Rangers say they're not going down that path, then, you know, the process would be you'd have to have a, com- a, a conversation with a commissioner. And um, to, to the best of my knowledge, that's never happened for many teams. Will it happen down the road? Yeah, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen. Joel Quenville is a Hall of Fame head coach in the National Hockey League. What happened was horrific. He's not happy about it, um, but he's taken it seriously. He's been severely punished. Um you know, the National Hockey League does not mess around with this stuff. You're not going to get a light touch. I think everybody knew that. But at some point, if you look at standards outside of the National Hockey League, um, the punishment would be considered incredibly extreme to date for a guy like Joel Quenville. 
And I can imagine a world in the future where uh, if Joel continues to do the things he's done to put the work in to better himself, um, you know, the way he has dealt with everything so far, I'd be more shocked than less shocked if he doesn't come back. We'll follow that story closely. Lots, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Brian Lotz, former NHL player agent, general manager, and friend of the show. Indeed. Another guy who knows what he's talking about. Uh, how many coaching spots out there? Right now? Anaheim. Uh, Top Rangers. Of my head, yeah, Rangers. Washington. I think I'm missing. Oh, uh, Columbus. Columbus. One more. Uh, Toronto. <laughs> Sammy. What? Oh, sorry. What? Don't away. say Toronto. I didn't. Did I? One more. Anyways, that's a lot. It's a lot. I think the, it's such a strange dynamic, right? Like Calgary. 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 Like you can't talk to Joel, but like you have to talk to the league before you talk to Joel. I just think it's a. Well, he's. You're probably talking to Joel and be like, is it worth me going to the commissioner? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, would this interest you? A little in, text on the side. Yeah, before we get this uh, approved by the league, is it a, I, worth our time? Lots nailed. When you guys are talking to him about, you know, what a couple wins could do for the Leafs and everyone. You hope it's being judged on more than that? Yeah. And that's a guy from that's worked in every position in hockey that has a ton of knowledge on it. He nailed it. Like, you really think that the whoever's making the decisions, MLSE board, Brandon Shanahan, Kyle Dubas, like they're looking at it being like, Well, they did win those two games when they they were down three nothing after playing like crap in a do or die game. That will save your job. Like they gotta analyze it deeper than that. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just I just wanna see them fight a little harder. I, I yeah. They're they're Join the club, Kevin. It doesn't Kimmy. mean nothing. They're in the playoffs still. It doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> you know? I, I just want to give a shout-out. I don't know if you guys ever have, if you follow the Beaverton on Twitter, which I is do. like, it's like an I onion. Do. What is that? It's, it's a like Canadian it's a, onion. It's like a Canadian, the onion, it's like a, a sort of satirical magazine. And they have really, really great headlines. And their headline today was unbelievable. Leafs pleased they could find a more creative way to devastate their fans than just losing in the first round. <laughs> I Found thought that was way. so great. Oh, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not close to not upset. I'm so upset. Sanity. I'm so upset. Anyways, you guys can talk about big boy stuff okay, now. For the record, though, you did kind of set yourself up a little bit. Sure. No question. What, by caring? No, not by caring, by just making... Winning the first round such a big deal. Yeah. No, listen. All of these nations taking a beating for it. Those poor kids who were all hopped up after winning that game, and they're all chanting, we want Florida and the Maple Leaf Square. I'd like to clarify for the record, by the way, they also chanted, we want Boston. That no, is a creatively cribbed video that's out there. I didn't, did, I, yes. I didn't hear Boston. Yes, there is a we want Boston chant, which you could probably pull up pretty quick, but you know, that doesn't get the play because it's not a... Would you feel better now being down 3 nothing against the Boston Bruins? I mean, it's hard to live in that world. Probably not. I'd probably be just as mad, but I'd be a little bit more understanding because the Bruins are a historic team. They're not, you're not the favorites against them. I'm telling you right now, the least would have beat the Bruins. 
I agree. Kip, you love this stuff about contracts and Matthews. You wrote about it, about the stakes yeah. with these guys. Yeah. Like the way their contracts fall is going to dictate what happens. Nylander has a no-trade kick in July 1st, which is also the day he can sign an extension. Um, Marner yeah, but they, has a no-trade kick in July 1st as well, if I'm not mistaken. You know what? I don't know. I, 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 I'm not, a, I'm not yeah. sure. So my, my, or do they kick in? Yeah. My, my point July wandering, 1st. where I'm wandering towards, what's that, Sammy? I think it's July 1st that, uh, that Willie and Matthews kick in. And Matthews, so. where I'm wandering towards is like if you're going to make a change to this core, those become very relevant dates. Do they ever? Listen, uh, it's really not going to be much different than the Matthew Kachuk situation in Calgary, where you have to have a conversation. Yeah. And but that where, makes where, the Dubis thing where, where permanent. Has, it, listen, it, it could be this could be Brendan Shanahan's doing here. Yeah. This not so much Kyle. This is this is probably falling under President of Hockey Ops, which is Brendan Shanahan. So I don't know where the board is. Are they so pissed off that they wipe everybody out? Do they let Brendan stay and make two changes? Do they let Brendan and Kyle stay and they make one change? Or do they let them all three of them come back? This is not what I think will ha- or what I think they should do personally, but what I do think will happen after hearing Brian Lawton talk is I think, assuming they're eliminated in this round, that they will trade at least Nylander. Because he is the most tradable if you're looking to make a change. He scored 40 goals. Insanely talented. I like watching him play. This is not what I want to happen. I think they will trade him. Because the way the contract aligns, another year, still has high value. Um, you know, you can't trade. You don't want to trade Austin Matthews until you know he won't resign. These guys are generational type players. Marner in a similar boat there for me. Tavares, you can't really trade. So, like, if you want to make a change, yeah. you trade Nealon. Well, there's no and, question and that uh, you 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 can't come back with the same look September. If you oh lose on Wednesday, you it's can't. People impossible. won't even follow the team. No, it's impossible. I don't think. Yeah, they might not even get the us only a show way. Next they they, they got to win four in a row to have any shot <laughs> yeah. of keeping the core together. Any loss in this series, fascinating. Any, you think so? Yes. Any sort of loss in this series at all? Seven game loss. Yeah, doesn't matter. Someone's got to go. Ooh, that's a change from and, a few days ago. Based listen, on the order the games would have been won and lost in. I think we've seen enough out of this series to say that we had thought over the last year or two that there were some issues on the blue line. That because they went so heavy up front, they left it exposed. Yeah, And unfortunately, I could say going into Wednesday night's game that the the Jake McCabe trade has not worked out. You know what? I think he's been good, Kip, but they're asking him to be great. Okay, they didn't need good. They needed great to help Morgan Riley. Well, they traded for good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. 
I know. Yeah. And it, it, it never got fixed. Two million bucks for McCabe is great. However, uh, yeah, you can't have him playing 25 minutes against the best line, and he's going to make some brain farts. So what is Jake McCabe? Is he a, a four, five, or six defenseman? I he's, think he's a good second pair guy. Yeah. Fine, you know. I um, think this series has exposed that, what he probably that, is. Yeah. Just to go back to your our, our conversation is that people were 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 talking about trading Nylander for a defenseman two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, and they you know you didn't want to trade him in case he becomes a forty goal guy, and he became a forty goal guy, and now it's like, damn, but the problems are still there, you know, like the other part of it's still real, you know. If I'm another team and I've got a pretty good team that lacks offense, would that be what Carolina or someone like that licking my chops at the idea of paying six, nine for 40 goal, Willie Nylander buying slightly used, but just for one year. And then he jumps to 10 Carolina wants to take that on for a year. They do. But yeah, yeah, it's a good point. You'd resign him. him. Ah, Maybe resign him. You think he's worth 10. Yeah. Is that you, you can sit there and say, okay, trade, trade guys, but they're, they're 12 months away from being UFAs where I can get him for free. I feel pretty – don't you feel like Willie's like definitely going to go UFA and just like pick a city somewhere? He's going full Gaudreau. <laughs> I, bet he, I bet you he lives somewhere warm. That's my yeah, prediction. Yeah, like, okay, then uh, I don't know. I was California? Say, Arizona? Yeah. Maybe Arizona want to pay no, him? You know, no, perfect San Jose Shark. <laughs> Go play with Eric Carlson. I can just see it. Well, oh, that's a good call. It actually is. Yeah, perfect San Jose Shark. You see him with palm trees, got the shirt open a little bit. So they they they, they get rid of Carlson. They bring in Willie. <laughs> forward Willie, yeah. Forward Carlson. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willie will have a great time at the World Championships next week. Oh my God! All right. I hope they uh, come back. <laughs> what do we got tonight? Edmonton and Vegas. Yes, sir. That's it. Eight thirty p.m. Puck drop. Okay. Speaking of a team that I just has. Some jam. Ugh. That's when I talk about power forwards. Okay, outside of McDavid and Drysaddle, Evander Kane and Zach Hyman. Yeah, real good. That's that's how you win this time of year. Cock. Okay, real good. That's you- how, that, those are the those those the bulldozers. You remember one of those guys uh, played here? Do you remember that? Can't in pay the playoffs, him. and he stunk in playoffs. You can't pay him five million bucks. <laughs> five that... million? God, you'd love Hyman at five million. What is he? Five seven? No, you're right. Five five. Five five. Yeah, oh, he's... you can't pay him that. Gotta let him How go. How do you look right now in uh, in blue and white? Got it. You going gotta keep Florida. Kerfoot and he's not even Flex Seal anymore. He's Flex Leak. <laughs> Flex Seal played Scotch tape. Flex Seal played eighteen minutes last night. <laughs> You know, I think when you look back at the Kyle Dubas tenure, when it's all said and done, letting guys like Hyman go and Nazem Kadri and Connor Brown and these sort of like workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Skill, skill, skill. That you know, was the mandate those back guys then. guys have some, though. You know, like <laughs> it should have been the priority. I, this is a like Oilers and Leafs fans have a lot of rivalries. Like it's a very... Oilers fans hate the Leaf fans, and I mean we don't necessarily think about them as much, but they, they I don't think about you at all. They really do put a beating on Leaf fans when it's going bad, and the fact that they just have these two studs who are dominating, and like they get that, like 
Could the Leafs not just come out like that? Do you have, Must win game. They're two stars. Do you have, just uh, kick the doors in. I yeah. do have the clip. Do you have the uh, head coach Edmonton's uh, Jay Woodcroft on I Leon do. Dreisaitl? I do have that clip. Would you like okay, to hear Can you play it? Yes. Leon is the modern version of what uh, power forward at the top of his game looks like. Um, he's a huge man, um, but he has unbelievable skills, and he plays the game with a measure of physicality. You know that that's the the modern day power forward. We're lucky we have him. Um, Measure of physicality. So Stoffer was like Stoffer was basically having a conversation with Jay Woodcraft at the presser. It was very yeah. the, the tone was hilarious, but he's just like compared him to Peter Forsberg while he was asking the question, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting comp. Like, comp. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Like, it's like the big, powerful guy. Forsberg was more I, I physical. I see Leon more as like a Yarmor Yager type, the way he uses his body and protects the puck. And I, it's a good comparison for sure, right? A guy who's willing to take I, I, the contact. I, I think Drysaddle, he's got a lot of Brad May in there. I'm not saying he'd beat his mother up, but he's close. I think he's he's got so much FU. Does he? He's got attitude. Oh God! He almost he wanted to. He wanted to, he wanted to. He wanted to rip Mark Spector's head off in a press Why conference. Well, yeah, no, he's a grumpy. No, he's got he's edge. A grumpy guy. He's got edge. He may not be the greatest defensively. Yeah, and he may, you know, he also miss puts, an assignment. He also puts two goals in the net every single that game. Guy, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's coming. He's coming hard. That. That's where you wish thirty four here in blue and white was just had a little bit more of that. For sure. Yeah, you look at uh, the second in command on the Oilers and Leafs, and if you got Marner and Dreisaitl, it's like you know Connor and Austin. It's you're not coming out ahead in those he, conversations. He does, he, he does he does look for physicality, and and Austin tries to avoid it. No question. Yeah, you see, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think he, Austin's probably second on the team in hits or something. It's not like he's hiding from contact. I don't agree that he's. Yeah, I don't see the contact when it matters most. Um, All right. Yeah. What was I going to say? So what we, else? Well, we're squids. down to yeah, squids? squids. They're scoring the squids. The scoring squids. Up 2 what 1. What's going on there? I just, could you imagine the fear from, <laughs> you know, the people who have the rights? Uh, I don't mean us, but like in the U.S., you're looking at like Seattle, Carolina, Florida. Uh, you don't think we're Edmonton. scared? Come on. Yeah, Panthers, we're scared too. Panthers, squids, final. <laughs> this is my nightmare. Did you draw it up worse? Like last week, we were like, "Oh, the All Canadian Final is an absolute lock." Could you big, draw it up worse? Big, is a good big question. hockey night. Not sends sure. the panel to that one. Oh my <laughs> God! Call, call it from a monitor. God, it's terrible. Up next, Yanni Gord, Toivo, <laughs> Teravainen. Um, hey, listen. Ahead. That's that's. Everybody's equal, right? No New York Yankees get to outspend anybody. That's the way it should be. That's the way. Great. That's the way they wanted it. Yeah. Parody's great. Getting their wish, right? Parody's great. (laughs) Getting their wish, right? That's Kyle Dubison. Everything's great. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. Seattle's a big market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. At least they charge an expensive ticket. Yeah. I I mean, you know, fun. Fun first year. uh, Build that base up. Devils get a uh, big win after going down 2-0. Jack Hughes, who is, what, is he 5'9", 120 pounds soaking wet, and he gets in a fight with somebody. 
Say we're doing okay. <laughs> I actually was very impressed by that. A good yeah, thing to do too. early in your career, just be like, I'll do it. He did it. They could be. He got mad. He looked like he was mad yeah. that they were losing at one point. What a concept. Sorry. They could find themselves in a final. Oh, yeah. The Devils, I bet the Devils to win the Cup. Not joking. I recently bet them to win the Cup. <laughs> at, at this point, why not? I know. I actually have the Devils and the Oilers. I have money on both that I bet at the start of this round. Well, boys. Don't look we, at me like that. Sammy, yeah. I know you weren't looking forward to the show, but we, we got you through it. Yeah, I woke up today dread. Well, I feel, feel better tomorrow. tomorrow. Ah, I, I, tomorrow want you to, day. I want you to, I want five positive storylines from you tomorrow about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, yeah. Five. Great. Joseph Wall has five fingers. Is, this, is the sun <laughs> still going to be out tomorrow? Because that's the first one on the list. Our thanks to Craig Simpson on the beach somewhere. And Brian Lawton. We're back tomorrow. Try to solve something tomorrow. I don't think we did it today. Real Kipper and Bourne. Thanks for joining us, everybody.